Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week, Kat Zavis. She is the executive director of the Network of Spiritual Progressives, which is at spiritualprogressives.org, a collaborative divorce attorney, a mediator, a child advocate, a coach for parents co-parenting their children after divorce, and author of the upcoming book, which I'm looking forward to, called Parenting with Your Ex, Another Effing Growth Opportunity. (laughs) She is also a sought-after trainer in empathic communication, having trained hundreds of collaborative attorneys, coaches, therapists, mediators, spiritual practitioners, and parents. In 2009, she was awarded a Peace Builder Award for her business. So be prepared for some effing empathy, I guess. (laughs) Kat Zavis, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Great. Thank you so much for having me, David. It's great to be here with you today. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for all you're doing and for coming on. And uh, you are working, you and your network of spiritual progressives, your your colleagues are working on a project that I find very interesting. Um, Mm. We have a a pretty hard time even getting the, the better bits of the existing U.S. Constitution enforced. Uh, and you have gone ahead and drafted a multi-part amendment that would dramatically improve the document. Why, why take this approach? <laughs> well, there's many reasons to take this approach. As, as you wrote in one of your articles, this, the Constitution hasn't been amended for decades. So it's a, it's a beautiful document in its intention, and it is outdated. It's, uh, it's old. It was written in a previous time, in a previous era, and it's being interpreted um, largely by people who don't want to see times changing and things moving forward. And, and so the Supreme Court, in its current makeup anyway, is, is interpreting it in very, often very narrow ways or ways that seem completely contrary to the original intention, which was a document for the people, for actual individuals as opposed to for corporations. So there's a couple reasons we've used the approach that we have chosen, and as we go into the details, I can elaborate on those. But um, we believe that to really transform our society, both to save it from the pending ecological disaster and to alleviate the problems of corporations having power through elections, but also beyond that, we've created a document that addresses those concerns. And all of our work, being that we're a network of spiritual progressives, is grounded in some key value principles. And we call these values in a really shorthand, caring for each other and caring for the planet. And what we're trying to do is promote values based on what's called a new bottom line. So if you look at current institutions, social institutions, economic institutions, or political institutions, they're judged successful to the extent that they maximize money and power. And that's, that's just the way our world works. And we all think, a lot of us think, well, that's just the way it is. But we're saying, no, we want a new bottom line, one that judges the success of these institutions, not by the extent that they maximize money and power, but by, but by the extent to which they help us maximize love and care, kindness and generosity, social and economic justice, environmental sustainability, help us enhance our capacity to respond to each other. We like to say as embodiments of the sacred, if that's too spiritual or fluffy, you know, just our capacity to respond to each other with deep dignity and respect. 
with the awe that each of us are in the miracle of life, and not for what we can produce, but just because we are, and to respond to the universe with awe, wonder, and radical amazement. Because if we do, and I know, I, I know that we all do, because I look at Facebook sometimes and all the um, posts about animals and nature, and we're all awed by it, when it's so beautiful. And for us to really take the steps and engage in the actions that are going to be necessary to protect the life support systems of this planet, it's, we need to feel that deep connection and that awe to yeah. do what's going to be needed to be done. And so this amendment is one of our projects that brings that those values, that idea of the new bottom line, to life in a more tangible form, if you will. Well, of course, the Constitution was groundbreaking in its day in right. keeping the sacred in, in the sense of established religion uh, out of it, uh, which I think was one of the few things it really got right. Um, but, but I agree with your entire critique. I think it's incredibly out of date uh, and needs to be reformed in just the way you say, and, uh, and perhaps in many additional ways that aren't in, in, in your amendment. But uh, let's look at the ones that are there, starting with, with Article 1, get the money out of the election mm -hmm. system, um, ex exactly how would you go about doing that? Um, so I just want to let folks know where they can find this amendment in case they're interested. Sure. Um, they can go to the spiritualprogressives.org website, and if they scroll down on the right-hand side, they'll see environmental and social responsibility amendment to the United States Constitution. The shorthand that I'll be using is ESRA. And if they click on that, they can read the full amendment, they can sign a petition in support of it, they can download it and get signatures for it, and they can always email me at cat, with a C, at spiritualprogressors.org to learn more or get involved in our efforts. Um, so the first section of our amendment, as you said, deals with money and politics, and it says, um, and it goes further than most of the other amendments out there, because it explicitly bans money in elections other than public money. So only public monies can be used for state and federal elections. No private money, no corporate money. So a lot of the current amendments that we see um, do go so far as to say corporate money's out or Congress can regulate. goes back to the pre-corporate um, uh, money and politics decisions, McCutcheon's and others. So we're saying we don't want to give Congress the power to regulate money, because we know what Congress does when they can regulate money in politics. They just, in December of this past year, they just increased it by something like 500% of how much money people could give to PACs and to, and to direct donations to candidates. So candidates and Congress people's livelihood, capacity to stay in office is currently dependent upon their capacity to raise money. So it's not in their interest to limit money campaign donation. So they're not going to do it to the extent that's necessary to really get money out of politics and really bring us back to the place where every single person is equally valued for who they are, not for what they have. Um, so this, so our amendment says no money in politics. And like your suggestion, it also says that for candidates who receive over 5% of um, an initial election vote, and there's it's a, it's a detailed thing, so I'm not going to go into each of the details so people can read it, it then requires that there be free and equal access to media. Because obviously another way that the voice gets out is if you can buy more media, your voice gets heard more. And so this is saying, no, if you have a certain percentage of support in the public, then you get free access to media so that your message is disseminated just like everyone else's. 
yeah, I think this is this is wonderful and comprehensive. I, I have questions about some details. You know, somebody who has 5% of their party's support in a primary. I mean, what if that party has five members? There might need to be some some tweaking. Uh, the, the, the idea of public initiatives, uh, I think, is, is excellent, uh, which is included in there and goes beyond cleaning the money out of the elections to allowing people to govern. Um, but then the the total ban on spending any money supporting a position in an initiative. I mean, what if I spend $100 to rent a hall to hold an event to promote a, a yes or a no vote on an initiative? How do you, how do, you do it without spending any money? Um, mm-hmm. It seems a little tricky. Right, right. That's a really good point. And I think our idea of putting this out there is not necessarily that every single component of it is right. Um, we're... Our, our bigger issue is raising it as a consciousness-raising tool, yeah. similar to how the ERA was used by the women's rights movement. Um, not that we want to want it to pass, don't get me wrong. Of course. But the power of the ERA was that it brought these conversations into people's homes, into the streets, into community meetings, into discussions, and it started giving people the power to have conversations about what does it mean to have a patriarchal, patriarchal society? What does it mean for women to not have equal rights? What do we want in a society, and how do we want our society to be organized and structured in a way that gives equal value to both men and women. And so the idea of our amendment is to begin a a much broader discussion and to put out there a vision of what we would really want, as opposed to going for what we think is realistic. Yeah, and this this is, uh, I mean, you have rights are for natural persons, money isn't speech, public funding at the federal and at the state level. I, I mean, this is this is what's needed. Uh, but as you say, c- the current Congress has no capacity to transform itself into that future Congress. So you're talking about uh, going around the Congress, that is, uh, amending the Constitution through through the states uh, right. or, or through a constitutional convention, uh, circumventing Congress. How uh, I mean, we, I want to look at the rest of the of the proposals as well. But uh, are you thinking in terms of going around Congress? Yeah, I mean, what we're trying to do is get folks around the country to get engaged in bringing this to their local city councils, to their county councils, to their social change organizations, to their religious and spiritual communities, to. Um, to their businesses and, and other places and saying, yes, this is we support and endorse this to, to build a public campaign and knowledge about it so that more and more people are aware of it and are thinking about it as one of the real options for how we could transform money in politics and how we could transform, because as, as we'll get to in a minute or two, um, the power of corporations. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, there've been a there've been a lot of resolutions asking Congress to pat to to support an amendment to undo Citizens United, for example, which goes some part way toward right. where you are. And and yet almost none of those uh, uh that have been passed by state legislatures uh have said 
or we'll do it. We support it as a state. You know, they're just putting it all their eggs in that one basket of hoping that Congress right. will want to undo itself. And so I think in terms of, uh, of enlightening people about the fact that there is more than one way you can amend the Constitution and that states and the public have the power to go around Congress uh, could be useful because there's been right. just millions dumped into this effort uh, to get Congress to undo what feeds Congress. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, and that's, that's the process of we have to get it out there and get people talking about it and thinking about how are we going to do this. And it's, you know, it's a long term endeavor. (laughs) Um, And so if we're going to put the energy and time into this, we might as well put the energy and time into something that would actually have the effect that we want. Yeah. So the amendments that don't go, don't go this far. I mean, you even said this in your article that I read. Um, we're then just going to be fighting with Congress to tweak it, and then depending on who's in Congress, every two, four years it'll get changed, and money, the amount of money allowed and not allowed is going to go up and down, and we're not really going to have the solutions that we're looking for. So if we're going to spend the time and energy and resources to build a momentum and build a movement, um, we might as well spend that money and time and energy to do something that's actually going to be effective for what we're hoping to achieve. So so just one more quick question on Article 1. Uh, I, I see our election system as broken beyond just the money, although that's the biggest thing, and there's an advantage to simplicity, I think, in amendment proposals. But I would want automatic registration of voters. I would do away with this registration uh, activism nonsense. I would want the right to vote can't be taken away if you're convicted of a crime. I would want jail gerrymandering out. I would mm-hmm. want paper ballots publicly counted at the polling place, none of this <laughs> uh, computer faith. Uh, I, I would want a, an election day holiday so people can go and vote. Um, and, and I might consider you know, some language about open debates and the number of debates and how they work and so forth. Uh, have you considered you know, any of those other problems with our elections? Um, I love I, I love all those ideas, and I think they're all really wonderful ideas. And um, I we haven't, as of yet, considered them. But to me, those are types of the conversations of as this gets discussed more and more, theor- and people are more willing to really put out the vision that you're talking about, which is the ideal of what we want. Yeah. Then then why not go for what we want? Right. Um, I do I do have hope that if money was to get out of politics, that some of these other issues would be more easily achieved. For sure. I, because I, part of what keeps those issues entrenched is that people are so embedded in, in money. Um, so I think that if we get money out of politics, some of these other changes that we're desiring will more easily occur. I, I think that's right. Um, I, 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 and speaking of money, your Article 2 out of, out of 3 in this draft uh, amendment uh, speaks of corporate responsibility and this idea of, of compelling large corporations to renew their, their charter, their, their license to exist every five years uh, after facing a panel of, of ordinary citizens empowered to, uh, to investigate their uh, environmental and, and social responsibility and behavior. Um, is this, is, is this a, a federal or a state level uh, operation you're talking about? I mean, most, <laughs> most corporations are state entities, uh, and this is a federal amendment. How, how right. would this work? Well, um, yeah, so the idea is um, that corporations would have to 
prove a satisfactory history, as you said, of environmental and social responsibility to a panel of ordinary citizens. And we're not talking, let me just be clear to folks who are listening, we're not talking about the mom, pa businesses. We're talking about large corporations with gross annual receipts in excess of $50 million a year. And so for the, for the corporations that get their corporate entity charter through the states, it would be it would be run through the state process. There would be a jury process that would happen. It could, you know, it could be a federal in-panel jury or it could be a state in-panel jury, but um, the, the amendment goes through great details about how a jury or how a panel would assess whether or not a corporation is, in fact, acting in ways that are socially and economically, socially and, excuse me, and environmentally responsible. And what I love about this amendment is just imagine what that does to board meetings. <laughs> because right now we have a system whereby we believe that people in corporations aren't bad people. They're not, most people are not sitting around saying, how can we destroy the environment? How can we exploit people? They're saying how we maximize our profits for our stockholders because that's what we have to do. We're a publicly traded company, and that's what the law requires. Yeah. And so we're just empowering people in corporations who actually care about the environment and who care about treating employees well and um, to, to do the right thing, so to speak, to actually um, have a business and a corporation that actually does take into consideration the environment and the way that their policies impact their employees and other people around the world. And so... I just love the vision of people sitting in a boardroom and not saying, well, how much, what's our profit loss statement and how much did we make for our stockholders and said, wow, how are we doing on the environment this year? And yeah. if we're not doing well enough, we need to turn around because in four more years, we're going to have to show them that we've taken these factors into consideration and that we're actually improving our environmental record and our social responsibility record. And it would really shift the discourse in corporate boardrooms. I think so as well. It, it might shift some corporations right out of existence. <laughs> I, I mean, if you put a, a panel right. of independent people who are not bought and paid for and can't be bought and paid for under huge penalty if they are influenced, and, and you give them subpoena power, and you give them funding for staff and their own time, presumably, uh, and they investigate these corporations on these standards of whether they're doing good for the community and the environment and their workers and so forth, um, I, I mean, I have to assume, uh, at the very least, a certain minority of corporations, including perhaps corporations that deal solely in fossil fuels, you know, right. that deal solely in an incredible evil, perhaps weapons companies that do nothing but manufacture uh, the, the, the machinery of death, uh, are, are going to cease to exist. Uh, right. And and then uh, <laughs> would uh, that be great? <laughs> well, well, it would. But then, is the Congress going to be compelled to invest in renewable energies? Is there going to be aid for people who now have no air conditioning because the coal company is gone? You know, right. how's, how's that going to work? Right. Well, I mean, the, those are discussions that come out of this necessarily. Yeah. Right. That's those are some of the discussions that we then have as a society. Do we do we want to? And in Tacoon Magazine, which is another arm of our organization. I don't know if you're familiar with Tikkun sure, Magazine. Sure, yeah. Um, which folks can look at at Tikkun, T-I-K-K-U-N dot org, and they can read some of the articles there and subscribe there. It's a wonderful magazine. We put out a lot of broad visions of how we would transform the world based on a new bottom line. And we've talked about 
um, things such as a basic income for people. Um, because we currently, as you well know, live in a culture and a society in which production and consumption is the ultimate goal, really. Like this, we're just constantly producing and constantly pers- consuming without really slowing down enough to ask ourselves, does this really give us joy? Does this really create meaning in our lives? And people are really looking for um, a sense of meaning and purpose, and this is one of the reasons why we find that people seem to vote against their economic interests again yeah. and again. <laughs> um, and it's because there's, more, there's things that are more important in life than the bottom line of money and power. And we need to, as, as people on the left, as spiritual progressives, we need to actually speak to those needs and talk about how we're going to build a society that addresses those needs. And I think when we do, then we'll start having these conversations and people will be saying, yes, um, I understand that if we don't have fossil fuels, that's going to have an impact on my life. Let's talk about how, how, I'm, going to, how I'm going to manage my life given these situations. And we're going to slow our life down, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We're going to recreate um, what it means to be in community and what it means to travel and and some of these things that um, we may value, but do we value at the cost of the life support system of this very planet? Exactly. Well, here's one non-spiritual progressive who agrees with you entirely. Yeah. Um, I, I think you might, my, my uh, suggested friendly amendments, uh, the $50 million level put put uh, in 2015 dollars, so we don't have to come back and set that level every year uh, with a new constitutional amendment. And, and so what, do you, what did you say? I didn't hear that. Sorry, the, the, the dollar amount to determine how big is a big corporation that has uh-huh. to face this regime, uh, you know, set, set it to, to adjust with inflation automatically. Uh-huh. So it's put in 2015 dollars on there. So, uh, oh, yeah. so you don't have to come back, like, you know, the raising the minimum wage right. year after year after year, which is, right. you know, partially restoring the money it loses because nobody is smart enough to, to tie it to the cost of living. Um, and, the, <laughs> and, the, and the five years in prison uh, for trying to influence this independent panels, I would add the two words up to up to five years in prison, at the very least, as someone who wants to abolish all prisons. I'm not seeking well, right. to, to put mandatory minimums into into the Constitution. Um, but but let's let's look at Article 3, because this is critical. This is something that, you know, was not dreamed of, I don't think, uh, in the day in which the 90% of the U.S. Constitution was written, uh, and that is environmental sustainability. What What happens in Article 3? Well, Article 3 is called the Positive Requirement to Enhance Human Community and Environmental Sustainability. And before I kind of specifically point out some of its points, it, the vision of it is is that, again, it gets back to this idea of a new bottom line. Like, we want to create a caring community where we care about each other and we care about the earth. And we put into that some actual positive requirements or efforts to create that because creating caring communities actually takes effort. It doesn't just happen as we now see so easily. So it talks about the fact that Congress um, needs to develop legislation and pass legislation that would enhance the environmental sustainability of human communities and the earth, and that it would report to, co- to the American people every year about progress that's been made in the previous year to, to ameliorate um, any conditions that would have an adverse effect on the environmental welfare. And it would also talk about, um, it, has, it has specifics in the amendment. The amendment is very detailed, um, objectives of what the legislation would look at, um, alleviating global warming, reducing pollution, um, 
restoring the ecological balance of the oceans and um, things like that. And it would require enforcement of policies and legislation to ensure that we're taking care of the planet. Um, The next section of it um, talks about how can we create a citizenship that's environmentally and socially responsible. And so it, it puts into place positive requirements around education. And so that any, any educational institution that receives federal, state, county, or city funds, so we're pretty much talking about any educational institution, um, needs to provide education in the basic, basic things that we already do, um, but also appropriate instruction in environmental and social responsibility. So appropriate instruction, instruction meaning relevant to each grade level. Um, and it would require at least one course per year for all students from kindergarten through 12th grade, as well as any college, university, professional, or technical school receiving federal funding, financial aid, or loan guarantees for its students. So we're, it's pretty much cast a wide net. Um, and, and what this has to do with is helping people have the skills and capacities to develop a caring society that manifests. Now, these are the values that I mentioned in the new bottom line, right? Yeah. Manifesting love, generosity, empathy, kindness, caring for each other and caring for the earth. Um, and information and, and training and how to be an informed citizen. And, um, and it lists specific, you know, specific ideas of how, one, how we could achieve that, um, including you know, meditation, uh, empathic communication, repentance, forgiveness, compassion, even nonviolent political action. Um, so it's really a comprehensive piece. And the reason why this piece is so important is because we need to actually educate ourselves on this. We're not well educated in things such as empathy, things such as caring for our planet um, and creating caring communities. And we want to build a citizenry that is more skilled at this than the current generations that lead our country. Well, I, I think the emphasis on education is is absolutely wonderful. Um, I think the government itself would not live up to the, the standards that corporations are held to in Article 2 right now when it's funding fossil right. fuels and nuclear and wars and so right. forth. So this kind of transformation is, is badly needed. Um, mm. it, some constitutions like Ecuador now give rights to the environment. Uh, which is something we might want to consider as we take them away from corporations that were never supposed to have them. Can't the environment have them itself? Uh, and right. what would that mean for human beings to think of other living things and the whole system as having rights too? Um, and many constitutions that have happened since the one uh, of, of the United States have have provided rights for economic and social goods, a right to housing, the right to food, the right to an education, the right, and none of these are in our sort of limited conception of American civil liberties that are that they don't include economic and social rights. So I think there's right. there's room to expand. Um, but we have we have about a minute left. What can people what can people do to learn more and get involved and promote and. And, and so forth. Yeah, so to get involved, they can go to our website, spiritualprogressives.org, and they can sign up and join us. There is, um, and then they can email me, cat, with a C-A-T, cat, at spiritualprogressives.org, to learn more and get involved. I can send out a starter guide, or they can find it on our website. 
for how to how to start a local chapter and get involved, or they can find if they go to the website at perhaps a local chapter in their community. They can certainly download the amendment and sign online onto the petition. I have um, amendments with signature lines if they want to go gather signatures and support for it. Um, there's so much more to say about the amendment, and there's lots of questions people will have. So please, please by all means, go to the website at spiritualprogressives.org and ex- explore around. And I'd venture to say, David, that in our definition of a spiritual progressive, you are a spiritual progressive because you don't actually have to identify with a religious or spiritual community or belief system, it's believing in a country based on this new bottom line that we've spoken about. I'll, I'll take it as a compliment. I've been, I've been called a patriot, too, and I can't stand that one either. Uh, <laughs> Kat Zavis uh, with Network of Spiritual Progressives, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.